Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is breaking liturgical rules. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so I didn't realize that there are that many liturgical rules to begin with that you could break. So (laughs) what kind of rules are we really talking about here? So I was inspired by this because I broke a rule for Affirmation of Faith Sunday, for Confirmation Sunday. Yeah? And I I got asked about it afterwards. Really? Because I didn't notice. (laughs) It's great. So the rule that I broke was to leave the red banners up. Oh, Okay. Anyone who watched uh, Midnight Mass, I only got through like two episodes of that. (laughs) I couldn't. We're talking the Netflix series or some streaming series? series. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I only made it through two episodes, but like in the first or second episode, maybe the priest comes out and the very particular church lady is like, why are you wearing that color robe? That's not the right color robe for this season. Well, red is not the color of the day for All Saints Sunday. Okay. White is the color of the day for All Saints Sunday because it is a celebration day. However, because it was affirmation of baptism and the presence of the Holy Spirit and because the banners had been read for Reformation Sunday the Sunday before, I opted with discussion with a couple of people. Okay. To leave the red banners up. Now we added the white ribbon banners in addition to the red ribbon banners, and it all looked really festive and really wonderful, and I really loved it. But we did indeed break the rules because by correct liturgical rules, we should have been wearing white. Okay, so who makes the liturgical rules? Is this just what's been handed down through the centuries? Tradition. Tradition. Makes the rules. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the stuff that comes out to be adiaphora, which is an amazing word. Mm-hmm. And we love this word. Anyone who has been around for five years with us yep. may have heard us talk about adiaphora before. If not, come visit us on our website, centralportland.org. Find our podcast page. I will link to it for this one. Perfect. It's an old podcast. Who knows how long ago? But we talk about this. It's the stuff that doesn't matter, the stuff that can change. And it doesn't change whether or not God loves you. It doesn't change whether or not you are saved. And so whether or not we use white banners and vestments on All Saints Day or whether we use red is adiaphora. There's deep tradition and meaning to these symbols, however, So when you choose to break the rules of the liturgy, when you choose to break the rules of the symbols, I think in some ways it's one of those pieces that it's important to at least know what rule you're breaking okay, and be able to speak to the symbol and be able to speak to why you would be making that choice. So for this one, for example, I was absolutely asked about it. After the service was over, One of the families with deep Catholic roots had invited folks to drop by, so I dropped by, and the first question I was asked was, what was with all the red? (laughs) Okay. And I said, it would not make sense to a Catholic why there would be red at this time of year. Only if the Catholic is paying attention, which I clearly was not. (laughs) 
<laughs> they said, but last week was Reformation Sunday, which Catholics don't observe no. because it's the breaking off day from mm-hmm. the Catholics. So last Sunday we were decked out in red and red is the color of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Red is the color of the celebration of the saint days. In the middle of the year, if you choose to honor a saint and celebrate a saint, you can use the red banners. And so I chose to break the rule of All Saints Day being a white liturgical day by rule to say we are celebrating the lives of the saints around us. And we are calling in and invoking the Holy Spirit to be with these students And so this is an opportunity of the invocation of the Holy Spirit, like Pentecost, like Reformation, for them to be able to know that the Holy Spirit is with them as they go forward to change the world. So knowing full well the symbolism and the reasons and the roots, I made the decision to recommend that we remain with the red. How far did you take that color? Because I also don't remember what you were wearing for a stole that Sunday either, even though it wasn't that long ago and I was absolutely there in person. You were, but you were a little bit focused because you had a student being confirmed. Yes, I did. So that makes a difference. Both Pastor Janelle, who was my co-teacher of the event of the confirmation program, and myself, we both wore our red stoles. Okay. Which for me was my ordination stole. So who did you discuss this with? Because I'm guessing you knew a while ago that these two were going to be back to back and you had a little time to plan. So who did you have the discussion with? Not a terribly long time ahead. We made the decision to go forward about a month ago when Mm -hmm. we knew that we would be in person and the students are all vaccinated and we talked with the families to set the date for this celebration they've been waiting for for so long. But I opted to have the conversation with the fellow cohort teachers, Mm -hmm. so myself and Janelle and Dave, and I kind of ran it by them. And then I said, I actually wanted to ask the students. Oh, okay. And talk to the students. So we had our final gathering together on Saturday, the day before the affirmation. And one of the conversations was, do y'all want red or white? up there. And if they had gone with white, I would have taught them how to change the banners in the sanctuary. Okay. And we just would have done it then. But we talked about a little bit about the reasons we ended up doing some of this on chat because the kids were trying to, you know, get their outfits prepared. Oh, yes. It's important. (laughs) It's important. Those pictures are around for a very long time. Exactly. Those pictures stick. So we had some of those conversations and the students affirmed and we chose to stick with the red and break the rule, but doing it knowingly. Is it something that you end up doing more often than not? Just because I'm assuming with Audiophora being what it is and knowing you who you are, the liturgical rules matter, but they don't matter as much as uh, other things may, getting points across, helping people and that kind of thing. I would say that I'm pretty liturgy bound. I am. I love it so much that I oftentimes get stuck in the kind of rote and the tradition of it. I really love that piece, but I'm not afraid to at least consider it. And with a good argument and a good reason, I will go with you. And, and the good argument may be, 
this community doesn't observe the strict use of when the Nicene versus the Apostles' Creed occurs. This congregation prefers to use creedal affirmations and statements of faith more often than the formalized church creeds. These are more rules you're talking about. This is another liturgical rule that we break all the time. Okay. And it's the exception when our congregation actually uses a formal creed like the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. Only because this congregation has a rich tradition of poking at their faith statements, of wrestling with them and finding poetic words and different nuanced ways to kind of express how they're experiencing faith in their life. So that comes out in a lot of ways through how we interact with that particular time within the liturgy. And so I break that rule. And technically, it's a rule. It's a church doctrine that we speak and abide by these creeds. And yep, I've been asked about it. Okay, that was my next <laughs> question. Who, who asks you to break the rules? Is that something that if you don't want to use the creed that the congregation comes up with? Or is it whoever is in charge of the services themselves? Oftentimes, the people who are asking for the rules to be broken are folks who don't know that there's a rule there to begin with. (laughs) Like me. (laughs) Right? Like, it will be a member of the worship committee who's really excited about finding liturgical words and will say, here, I found this, and this is really powerful. I'd like us to use this. And then I'll take a look at it And I'll know the rules that it will break, quote unquote, air quotes around that, right? Where it would bend or what it rubs up against in the tradition. And then I will make that decision to say, based on this congregation's history, based on who we are and how we are, based on how the expression of faith is moving in this time, does this still meet the heartbeat and the pulse of the purpose of this spot in the liturgy? Does this still convey what the Holy Spirit would want to be conveyed there? If it does, then I'm going to go with it because it's coming from the people. Okay. And who's going to ask me about it? Church nerds. Okay. Who oftentimes are new within the community. I won't say outsiders, but church nerds who are visiting church nerds who are new to being in relationship with us. Okay. They'll show up, they'll sit down, they'll spend a couple of weeks, and then I'll get an email saying, hey, just wondering about why. Or as they're leaving, I'll get a handshake. We get a lot of like pastors on vacation who come to Portland or relatives of members who visit and who'll gently take me to the side and say, So I found it very interesting that you made the choice to, what were you thinking about? Mm -hmm. And I'll be able to respond and say, the expression of faith of the people in this time and in this place called for this choice over the use of tradition. Here's how it still conveyed the purpose of what that point in the service is. And because I'm nerd enough to be fairly confident in the liturgy Mm -hmm. and fairly confident in the ordo, I can usually have a decent reason as to why we did what we did. Usually it's not just the red banners are pretty and I thought I'd look good in pictures. (laughs) Sure. It's more thoughtful (laughs) than that. 
Right. It's like, no, it's really because it invokes the Holy Spirit. And these kids have been isolated for a year and a half, but they know in a way that many of us may not have known until later in our lives that God will come and find you wherever you are. And the Holy Spirit is still with you, even if you're not in the building. Okay, I got to ask this because we both Mm -hmm. grew up not as cradle Lutherans. Yeah. So where did you learn the liturgical rules? Is this something that comes up in seminary? That's a great question. Yes, it's part of the training at seminary. It's part of like your worship and music class that you take in seminary. I also love this stuff. Okay. So I'm going to learn it because it's, I won't say pageantry because I think that When you start to use words like that, people begin to downplay it. But even in my women's fraternity for music, I was the vice president of ritual. That's where I was going to go with it. There is is a calmness. The one thing that I take away that I'm not mad about in my Catholic upbringing is the sense of ritual that has brought to me. Exactly. And that ritual, that rhythm... It appeals to me personally. Mm -hmm. It's part of what I love about our tradition. It's part of what feeds my soul. And so I learn about it because I love to understand it. I love symbols. I love semiotics. I love to look at something and look at it five layers deep and say, okay, yes, I'm wearing the color purple today, but I'm wearing the color purple today because it's such and such a day of the calendar year and it holds a meaning for this and such a purpose. And it's a hidden symbol because like that stuff just makes my brain sparkle and be happy. And so I pay attention to those things because it makes me happy. Nice. Okay. So for people who don't know a lot about liturgical rules, do you have any place you'd point them to if they want to learn more? Hmm. Short of going to seminary themselves. Absolutely. And short of going to like the handbook on the Lutheran Book of Worship, which is a fascinating little book with charts and graphs in it. Oh my, I'm just okay. saying. But I think probably the Lutheran handbook would be sufficient. It's like a tongue-in-cheek, silly book, but actually has some really juicy material in there. Okay. And there are some of the signs and symbols and things like that that are addressed in that little cheeky book. It's the one with the winking Luther on the cover. Okay. So some of the signs and symbols are explained there. And I think... It's important to understand that if you don't know these things, it doesn't mean that you don't know your faith. And it doesn't mean that you're dumb or that you aren't a person of deep and abiding faith. This is understanding icing. It's not the cake. And heaven forbid, it's not the main meal, right? This is just what makes it tasty to some people, but some people really don't like the icing and take the icing off the cake altogether. Mm -hmm. And some people don't even stick around for dessert. So understand that this is just the extra stuff that doesn't change how much God loves you, doesn't change that Jesus is present and guides us into a lifetime of service and changing the world. And if you really enjoy the icing, you can do some really gorgeous and cool things with it. But rules are oftentimes 
especially when it comes to aesthetics and presentation, rules can really be made to be broken, especially if they're done in meaningful ways. I had at some point put in the script for this week a little cheeky line about, are we talking Martin Luther theses kind of rules? <laughs> and for the most part, it sounds like we're not. We're talking purely mm -hmm. adiaphora, not yeah. nuts and bolts about the faith itself. Exactly. We're not talking about how we interact with God in the sense of our actual relational being. We're just talking about what words we say and what clothes we wear what colors we put on, and how we dress up the room in which we meet. Those don't change that God's grace is sufficient for us. Those don't change that our core beliefs of what we believe to be our faith and how we practice it in the world. They don't touch it. They just dress it up. So Martin Luther's theses were things about, you know, don't keep God away from people and don't convince them they have to pay for God's love and don't try to convince people that there's a barricade between them and the divine. And that's really boiling a lot of those things down. But that's not what we're talking about. Unless, of course, all those symbols put up such a barricade that people don't feel that they're worthy of God. If they get so caught thinking they have to understand everything and the symbology and the semiotics are too big and too grand and they can't, they aren't worthy, then they've gotten in the way of what really matters. If all you think about is the icing and you never actually eat the bread and drink the wine, then you've missed the entire point of the service. And then your theology is going to get twisted and you're going to get really sick at your stomach. <laughs> okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. When it happens, do you mm -hmm. like to break the rules or does it make you nervous? When I choose to do it, I get giddy and excited about it. Yeah. And I kind of hope someone notices because then I get to nerd out and explain why I did it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I get to be like, ooh, so you noticed. Why, yes. Normally, All Saints Sunday is a white church Sunday, but it's not because, and off I go on a little tangent. That's excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about breaking liturgical rules. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for coming along and listening in. I hope that you have a glorious religious meal in front of you for the coming weeks, including some hearty food and some cake and some icing. May it all feed your souls well. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.